Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Every Pokemon episode ever podcast is now on YouTube. Go on YouTube and search every Pokemon episode ever podcast and click that subscribe button to never miss an episode. Welcome back, everybody, to another fantastic episode of the Every Pokemon Episode Ever podcast. I am one of your hosts today, good old wrestling Chris G. And on the other line with me today is my usual co-host, the one that tries to not steal from you, even though he does. It's good old Dougie Fresh. Dougie Man, how you doing? I resent that accusation. (laughs) Uh, well, I I kind of had to pick something um, that went with this episode because Farfetch kind of steals. I couldn't really think of anything, even though you kind of steal some history moments from me from time to time. But <clears throat> never, never. <laughs> but um, also, as we noted last week on or last week on the podcast, we do have a special guest this week. It is YouTube sensation Blaine's Blaine's. How are you doing today, man? How's it going? I've been doing well. Uh, glad to be here, I guess. This is going to be very interesting. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Thank you again for joining us. So, um, so yeah, Blaine's, um, as, as we stated last week, um, you are a um, YouTube sensation. You cover a lot of Pokemon out and a few other um, different types of video games that you do on your YouTube channel. But would you want to get, um, let our audience kind of know who you are and what you do? Yeah, uh, so obviously I've hit it big, got really lucky with Pokemon about a year and a half ago, and my content kind of revolves around exploits, mostly from Pokemon Sword and Shield, since this is the game that I've been focusing on since a year and a half ago. Uh, so we got exploits, got news for Pokemon events and related stuff, and giveaways. That seems to be the big three for my channel right now. And uh, it's still going pretty okay, so I'm pretty comfortable here. I'm looking forward to whatever other Pokemon stuff comes our way. I'm really keeping my eye on Pokemon Unite, actually. I know a lot of people haven't really been... uh, or They didn't really like the reception when they first saw Pokemon Unite, but I think it's going to be big, you know? I think it is going to be pretty big. Okay, all right. And um, I'm kind of curious. So I've kind of snooped on your um, YouTube page as of recent. I'm trying not to look too much because I I don't want um, any spoilers because I'm currently playing the Pokemon Snap game with my son. But how, how, how did you like that game? so far uh, i'm really enjoying it actually it's addictive mostly because of the leaderboards uh i'm all the levels over and over again to try and maximize my score so i can hit it up in the top of the the top 10 on the world and such and i've gotten i've gotten the top 10 for some of the courses actually but i'm still going oh really but yeah it's really it's very enjoyable it's really enjoyable yeah i haven't actually done videos on it <laughs> i did a stream only <laughs> oh, okay. but uh, yeah no videos mm. 
Gotcha. Okay. I don't know why. But it, I don't know why, but content for this doesn't seem to be super popular, actually. I know. I, I've been looking. I mean, yeah, I see some walkthroughs. Um, I see people have already, well, they say that they've kind of 100%ed the game for what it is for right now, but I don't think that that's kind of possible at this point. The game just came out, but I again, I haven't dug too deep into those videos because I, I don't want any spoilers on my own. Uh, Doug, um, are you familiar with Pokemon Snap? Um, I'm familiar with the original. Uh, I played the original uh, quite a bit at some friends' houses, and um, you have recently been talking about the 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 new game that, as we're recording this, just came out. But as people are hearing it, has been out for about a month now, give or take. So by the time people are hearing this, it's possible that people have 100 percented it. Yes, <laughs> that is. So, all right. Well, thank you, um, Blaine, for introducing yourself. Um, and a- as you know from listening to this podcast, um, we like to go back in history on this date. Now, it's 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 funny because, um, Blaine, you you live in Japan, correct? Yes, that's right. Okay, been so, here for about a a year. Or, uh, sorry, about nearly three years. Three years. Okay. Okay. So uh, I, I do have a few questions in regards to that too. But uh, so we we give both the Japanese and the uh, American release dates, but we normally go with the American release date and give a history moment. Um, but it's just funny because I, I we you're the first person that we've had on the podcast that's actually from Japan. So um, this episode was released on June eighteenth, nineteen ninety eight, in Japan. And here in the States, it was released March 20th, 1999. And on this day, um, my, my date this, this year, I mean, this week, Doug, is from 2012. And I believe yours is from 94, right? Correct. Okay. So yes, you are going, um, first this week. You kind of snagged one under me, just, just like I alluded to at the beginning of the podcast. So, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> So, so what is your historical date from, from, um, 94, Doug? So on this date in 94, March 20th, as you alluded to, WWE holds WrestleMania 10 emanating from Madison Square Garden in New York City. Um... <laughs> you're, you're fine, Doug. We got a fourth. We got a fourth visitor. Yes, you know, <laughs> perfectly fine. Every other recording session. <laughs> anyway, all right. So you said um, March twentieth, nineteen ninety four, um, from Madison Square Garden. So yeah, this is a this is a notable WrestleMania for. Uh, quite a few reasons. Um, this is obviously uh, Bret Hart's crowning moment, uh, defeating Yokozuna in the main event for the WWE Championship, WWF at the time, I suppose. But he also lost the opener of the evening uh, to his brother, Owen Hart, in what is widely considered one of the best uh, WrestleMania opening matches in history 
Oh wow! And okay. this is this was actually Yokozuna's uh, second title defense because earlier in the evening he lost. Oh, he he won uh, a disqualification. Uh, successfully defending his championship against Lex Luger because at that previous year's uh, Royal Rumble event, simult- uh, Bret Hart and Lex Luger simultaneously eliminated each other. And rather than have a singles match on television, because we're still in the era of uh, four pay-per-views in a calendar year, they just decided to hold a coin flip and the the winner of the coin flip which is weird looking back at it in hindsight the winner of the coin flip would face yokozuna first which taking a step back at it and looking at it in 2021 eyes kind of puts the guy going second at at an advantage because he's facing he's not facing the fresh man yes so if you go back and you look at the clip of the coin toss on raw Lex Luger wins the coin toss, um, meaning that he'll go first, and he celebrates. <laughs> he should be mad. <laughs> so, and uh, this was also the, inf- uh, not infamous, the famous, <clears throat> pardon me. Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? The famous ladder match. Between Razor Ramon and Shawn Michaels. Oh, that was, that was on in, this show too. I forgot about that match. Yeah, this match, this card was actually stacked, and if you look at it, um, there's one dark match, but outside of that, there's only eight matches on this card. Which is crazy to say now, because now I feel like we have like 25, and then two like pre-show matches. So. <laughs> yeah, I mean, now it's gotten to the point where it has to be two nights. So, so been uh, a long time since I saw WrestleMania. I mean, I remember watching that stuff when I was a kid, and I was young enough that I thought pay per view actually meant pay per view, and I not know what they meant by <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. So, all right, well, thank thank you, Doug, um, for your history moment. Mine um, kind of takes a turn in almost a complete opposite direction, but. Um, mine was from 2012 when the movie John Carter was released on this day, but I'm not talking about it to kind of celebrate the movie. I'm talking about it because it actually made news headlines that it actually lost $200 million um, when it was released. So it, it, it made, it had a lot of hype going into it, but no, nobody was really interested in actually going to watch this movie. And it's funny because I was actually working at AMC um, back in 2012, and it nobody. It was it was a ghost town. I was surprised at how little like people were like just like not not interested in watching this movie. I worked the box office. I did the theater cr- cleans. I mean, I was kind of appreciative that I didn't have to clean that theater as much. But yeah, it, that that movie lost two hundred million dollars. Um, one of the largest, actually, it says it's, it, it's one of the records for the largest losses in cinema history for this movie. So that's that's just huge. 
Wow. Well, that is a movie I haven't seen myself, so <laughs> I'm starting to not be too surprised. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. So that's our history moment. And um, if you don't mind, Blaine's, um, if I can just ask you real quick. Um, so you you live in Japan. So right before we get into this episode, what made you transition to Japan and the Japan lifestyle? What 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 made you want to go all the way out there? Uh, I was living in Ireland. I'd finished up my master's in college and I spent about a year looking for a job that I actually really wanted. So I was being a little picky, um, but uh, doing doing applications for jobs at that level is just absurd it's one application a day at best and it's practically a non-paid job trying to do those and i experienced a lot of no replies so i just started i just gave up actually and took a summer off that summer uh, was when pokemon go came out and i played a lot of that and actually got into the news got on tv and i was uh, all that all that experience actually with pokemon go there convinced me to start youtube so i did start youtube about four years ago around that time and tried to make that my job. I started off with Zelda, or at least that was my first big success, Zelda Breath of the Wild. And it went down. It went down after about a couple of months, you know, half a year or so, because I was doing live streams. And I thought then, well, now I'm free to do anything. I'm going to go to Japan uh, because I don't have anything tying me down here. So I did. I, I went to Japan. I thought it'd be a good overlap with con- content creation and a new adventure for me. And here I am, being here for about nearly three years now so uh things are going well all right well cool i just i just figured i would i would ask you real quick because i not not many people just um up and go off to a a different country just out of nowhere and i i never knew the backstory so i was actually kind of interested to to know about the transition so thank you blaine all right so we're about to start this episode of pokemon so Here we go. I'm going to hit the play button on my end. And we start off inside of the forest like we do any other Pokemon episode. It seems like every other week the episode is starting from inside of the forest. And it's, it's kind of, it's kind of odd because when we're starting this episode, Ash is looking in his Pokedex right away. And I guess him and Brock were having some off screen conversations about Farfetch which I think is kind of odd once we get into the gist of this episode. But um, Ash is asking um, Brock, he's like, is it this Pokemon? And he's like, yeah, it's called Farfetch'd. And he's like, wow. And then Misty just runs over and she's like, what are you guys talking about? And Brock is basically telling, um, telling Ash and Misty, there's a farfetch that's been rumored to have been spotted over here, and it's a rare Pokemon. So, Doug, like when when you initially watch this, they're already they're plunging right into the episode. Uh, what what was your thoughts about them going like straight into it? Because he's also holding the egg, um, which we we know is going to end up being Togepi. She actually makes her debut next week. So uh, he's rubbing down the egg, and then they're talking about farfetched. Uh, what what were your thoughts r- right when this was first starting up? So yeah, um, this was a bit odd, obviously, because I think this was one of the first times that the show has kind of trusted the audience to just kind of be thrown like right into Pokemon lore. Um, you know, usually we have to see the Pokemon 
uh, first before like Dexter can make an appearance, but like we're like we're stumbling upon them and they're actually like doing like field research basically. Like Ash is like asking Brock if it's this one and then like you said, Misty comes running up saying she's found one and then we're just led to believe that it's ultra rare and at that point we get Dexter who in this case is not only appreciated but actually needed. Yes. He uh, he talks about the little leak um, that Farfetch um, holds. He says Farfetch um, prepares very, very good meals um, but also um, kind of alludes to the fact that people like to eat Farfetch because they're very tasty. Um, that that's kind of what I got out of it because Dexter also said that because of this reason, Farfetched are uh, pretty rare and they're becoming extinct. Right. Pretty dark. Yeah that that that's very very dark. <laughs> what, what did you think when you when you heard that, um, Blaine's when you were watching this? Yeah, um, as an adult, of course, that's something that stands out now, now that I associate Pokemon with being a much more kid-oriented show and game. But I remember it being something like that back in the original blue and red when I played on Game Boy, or at least so I hear from, you know, vague memories going all the way back then. And that, as a kid, that's not something that seems unusual, at least from my memory, you know, as a kid. I don't think that stood out at the time. I don't think so either. But looking back now, yeah. (laughs) Sorry. <laughs> yeah, no worries. Um, obviously, that's not the only Pokemon that we do see being eaten, especially in the first series. Uh, so obviously, and of course, even in the latest game, eating Pokemon or food-oriented Pokemon in, in Generation 8 is obviously very oriented towards uh, eating. And uh, I don't know where they're going with this. It's sort of a Japanese thing, I think. Uh, very much a Japanese style where they do not have some boundaries they do want to orient some things for kids, but then again, some boundaries just aren't there and they end up doing something that turns out to be rather dark for us from the West, from a Western perspective. <laughs> Absolutely. And I I just think it's weird because um, you can eat a Farfetch, but when it came earlier um, this season, we were covering Magikarp um, on a few episodes and we found out Magikarp is basically impossible to eat because it's... Um, its shells and its fin and everything is basically like, like gold. Like you bite into it, like nothing can break into this Pokemon. But it also, like I, me, me and Doug like to say it's a kids show, so it's not always going to make sense. Like how can you attack a Magikarp and beat it and it can faint, but you try to bite this Magikarp and your teeth falls out. It, there's just there's a weird weird parallel when it comes to that but yeah they um they <laughs> they talk about eating the farfetch and then ash is like he 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 gets his mojo going and he's like okay well <laughs> you know what i'm gonna go and find this pokemon and i'm gonna capture it because it's rare and i'm gonna get one of these pokemon so of course once that happens um Brock is like, okay, well, before we do that, we need we need to get some supplies. Ash, why don't you come with me? Come get some water with me. Come get some supplies with me. And we'll come back and then we'll come and start looking for the Farfetch once we get back. So they start running off. And uh, of course, with this only being a 20-minute cartoon, as soon as they walk away, what ends up happening, Doug, in this next scene? 
I'm trying to let my video catch up. <laughs> well, okay, I will. So ah, ah, ah. Oh, you got so it. so Psyduck is out because he's kind of got Pikachu syndrome where he doesn't man like just doesn't like his Pokeball. <laughs> so Misty is in the process of picking up her bag to get Psyduck back, and then she starts hearing the call of this far-fetched that um, Brock and Ash just went in the opposite direction looking for, and then we see it just regally marching down the road, carrying its little leak staff and singing its little song, and then we get the title sequence. Yes. And so after the title sequence happens, I mean, you, you see Farfetch just walking around, just parading around, and it's it seems very trained. So, I mean, of course, I mean, we, we've, we've stated Misty is a 10-year-old, Ash is a 10-year-old, and Brock is somewhere in his teens. But seeing this Farfetch, this Farfetch seems very confident. It's running around. It's doing tricks. And Misty's like, oh, man, I it's a Farfetch'd. They were just talking about this Farfetch'd. Oh, I, I want one. So she goes over and she wants to go and capture this Farfetch'd. Doug? So, yeah, so Farfetch goes running in the opposite direction. And you know, Misty runs after it and finds it uh, hiding behind a rock. And... The the chase resumes, and Misty's like, I don't want to hurt you. You know, obviously, she just wants to capture it, and Farfetch is just booking it. And Misty's, you know, to her credit, keeping up with him. And, you know, Misty is in the process of saying, you won't get away from me. And then she just runs smack into this dude. Yes. So, as of right now, we don't have a name. Um, of this dude as of yet, so we won't give him the name yet. But um, at this point, he's introduced. Um, this is obviously the trainer of Farfetch, but he doesn't say that yet. He he bumps into Misty. Um, Misty's bag goes flying onto the floor. That's a key point in this in this part of the scene. So her ba- her bag goes flying onto the ground, and Misty's all apologetic. He's very apologetic. And she states that she was chasing a Pokemon and and come to find out that this Pokemon is his. Well, not yet. It, he he runs away. He he says, okay, here, here's your bag. Sorry that I ran into you. Hands her her bag back, or so we think, and then just goes darting down. Now Blaine's <laughs> we when she bumps into this dude. He was obviously going in the opposite direction that Misty was going. So after he bumped into her, they fall. He hands her the bag and then goes, starts running in the opposite direction as to when he was running before. Um, odd or what, what, what did you think when you were watching this part of the episode? It's, this is a very weird episode. Yeah, I mean, sometimes, you know, you have to allow for the cartoonish aspect of it. So at first, or when I'm watching it, that's not something I kind of consider uh, too closely. Now, of course, it should be because it turns out, you know, maybe there's something to it rather than him just being a stand up gentleman 
picking up her bag for her and uh, disappearing off into the, the woods again. <laughs> but um, I, that part where he ran the opposite direction that he was running in the first place wasn't something that stood out to me originally. But now that you mention it, definitely something that I'll pay attention to next time if I do get a chance. <laughs> All right. And yeah, so he hands Misty back the bag and um, she's, she, she starts kicking the ground. She starts going back to camp, and then that's where she sees Ash and Brock and Pikachu. And they're like, well, Misty, where'd you go? And she's like, oh, I found a Farfetch, and I tried to capture it, but it got away. <laughs> and of course, with with Brock and, uh, and Ash hearing this, they get pissed. They're like, wait, you went behind our back? We're the ones that told you about this Pokemon. So you went to go and try to capture it on your own. Where did it go? What direction did it go? <laughs> Doug, you want, you want to go over this part? So, yeah, they basically read Misty the Riot Act, and then, you know, because heaven forbid she tries to be a trainer for once, and then, you know, Brock is like, well, here, anyway, I got you this, I got you the water you wanted, and then, you know, that's when Misty gets the first look into what she assumes is her bag, and then this is where we find out that something is obviously, <clears throat> pardon me, is obviously amiss. Yeah, because the bag is full of rocks. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I so when I was watching well this, I was, I was watching this, and obviously, um, so as, as I stated to you, Blaine's like we we try to look at this as adults, but that we we do remember it is a kids' show, like. First thing that comes to my mind when I'm watching this and uh, we figure out that there was a whole switcheroo that just happened. How did he know what type of bag Misty was carrying? How did he get this exact same bag? How long has he been doing this? Did, is this just a popular bag that most trainers have? Like, I'm like, what? So he, he was able to bump into her, grab the bag, throw it off into... Um, wherever he threw it to and drop what is a ba- a bag full of rocks. Like it's it, that, that was a very weird like switcheroo that, that had happened. Yeah. I think plot twist. Uh, I think it's a plot call twist. Extremely oh, convenient. No, I'm sorry. It's what you call extremely convenient. Yeah. It's just, it's, <laughs> Like, I, I like Pokemon, but I, I do like Pokemon when they kind of put a little bit of thought into their episode. I mean, obviously, it's a 20-minute episode. It's just, like I said, watching this as an adult, I'm just like, how how did that even happen? How was he able to do all of that? Or, I mean, I guess he's a master of his craft. And um, this is when we find out. So the, the Pokemon trainer's name is Keith. Keith is his name. Um, that's his far-fetched. And in this next scene, uh, he's seen walking with Misty's backpack and he's throwing it up and down in the air and he's with Farfetch'd and Farfetch'd is just happy and he's looking inside. He's like, oh, there's five Pokeballs inside of here and this must be all of her Pokemon. And then they just keep walking. He's like, well, they're all mine now. And during this time, Misty was telling the story to Brock and Ash and Brock is basically like, well, that must have been when the backpacks got switched. 
So you you probably ran into them. Um, both of your backpacks fell on the ground and you guys just grabbed the wrong backpack. All right, no problem. Let We can go over to see Officer Jenny and, and hopefully we can get in contact with the person so we can get the backpacks switched switch back and Misty is just throwing a fit like a little 10-year-old that she is. Doug? I don't I don't think you're being fair. I mean, she she basically got robbed and I think she's well within her rights to be a little upset here. But she doesn't know uh, that she was robbed yet. What do you mean she doesn't know? She's got a bag of rocks. <laughs> well, did you not hear her Brock and Ash? They're like, well, it's it, just probably convenient you ran into them both of your bags fell onto the ground and when they fell onto the ground you guys just grabbed the wrong bags i mean they're looking at it like teenagers and and little children well right i mean we have the hindsight of of looking at it you know with a little bit more clarity (laughs) i mean you know we see a bag of but even (laughs) it is a little i think he's just I think it's just a rock collector. I mean, you know, there are a lot of those. <laughs> just, some, that some just happened to be wrapped in tin. That just happened to be wrapped in tin foil. <laughs> yes. Just, just so they can weigh more. Protection. <laughs> <laughs> so from, from there. Oh, um, but yeah, Doug, you, you were, you were about to um, go over the next part um, in the scene, but you said, um, I'm not giving it any justice. She was robbed. She, well, she was, she was robbed. I mean, you know, and, and we can pick up the impression that he's done this before um, because we go back and we see that he's got like this little tent hideout. And he's just got piles of Pokeballs and he's just he's flipping one of the Pokeballs up in the air like a baseball. And he said, this is too easy. And this is when Farfetch'd comes running. Um, you know, kind of like a lassie in the well situation. <laughs> and, and there's this is rock. when, yeah, uh, six minutes into the episode, we get our first glimpse of Team Rocket. Um, not as quick as previous episodes, but also not as, not as long either. No. But, uh, but for once, Team Rock, for once, and I feel quite a while now, Team Rocket actually plays a decent part in this episode like they're in it from the beginning basically all the way to the end actually they are in it all the way until the end right so in at this moment um team rockets also heard of far-fetched as well so my thing is okay everybody has heard about this far-fetched but is nobody putting two and two together as to why they're hearing about this far-fetched or is it just far-fetched is a rare pokemon that's over inside of this forest and people are wanting to capture it. Like, but where are they hearing the news? Cause there's nobody telling anybody that Farfetch'd is in this forest. And the reason he's in this forest is because he's stealing Pokemon. Yeah. I mean, you brought up, you brought up officer Jenny earlier and you know, when Brock and Nash were trying to help Misty and, kind of apply some logic to this situation. Oh, you know, we'll just we'll get a hold of Officer Jenny and we'll get this sorted. Um Yeah, there should be posters. Yes. I mean this should be this should be like a like a Bugs Bunny, you know, rabbit season, duck season situation. There should be like wanted posters on trees, you know, wanted for theft. And it's a picture of this dude in Farfetch. 
I mean, they and, did that I mean, yeah. for Team Rocket in episode, what, one or two that we went over? Uh, uh, two, I believe. <laughs> and, yeah, you, were like, mentioning, you were mentioning the question about whether or not he's been doing this for a long time. And actually, I think from this setup and something we see a little later as well, it kind of looks like maybe he hasn't been doing it. Maybe this is his first round. You think so? You'll see later. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I was a little confused because the way he's got the the bag of rocks that are perceivably weighted as pokeballs, you know, hence the aluminum foil wrapping, like a demented Reese's cup. Um, <laughs> you know, you'd think, oh, this is a guy that's. You know, this is trial and error. He's finally perfected the weight. But yeah, there was this instance where it's like, oh, so I, you know, at, at a certain point, you, like you said earlier, uh, Chris, you just kind of have to throw your hands up and go, it is a kid's show. Yes. But from that, we end up going into um, the next part of the episode. So Team Rocket, as I, as I stated, they hear about this farfetch and they're talking about this farfetch and who just happens to jump out of the bushes right at the moment that they're talking about farfetch is farfetch and he's walking um down the trail and meowth is like whoa is that farfetch and then farfetch is just walking down he's doing his nice little tricks he does the the good old uh peace sign that is very popular <laughs> in pokemon back in the 90s and he's just walking down and Jesse's like, man, what amazing luck. We've come to look for it and it's come to, and it's come to look for us. And yeah, actually James, this is, this is kind of weird because Jesse wants the Pokemon, but James goes straight into that looks like a tasty duck. Like he, <laughs> he wants to eat this far fetched, and <laughs> he's still bitter about Magikarp. Yeah, he also wanted to eat Magikarp in other episodes too, and yeah, uh, yeah. these dreams about that. <laughs> so they 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 just like to. I mean, I, I would hate to see what they do to Pokemon off screen. So I'm just gonna save that for a different podcast what they do to a caterpie when they're hungry in the middle of the woods but uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um but yeah meowth jumps up and it's like it looks so happy to see us this farfetch is mine so he jumps up and is just going straight on in doug um i'll let you um do the rest of this part of the scene so team rocket is under the assumption that they're just going to be able to grab this farfetch, but it's at pretty much that exact moment that Keith walks up and says, "It seems like you guys like my farfetch." And then they have this moment where their collective hearts drop out of their stomachs. They say, "Oh, it already has a master." But then Keith proposes a deal because he says, "You know, I'll I'll trade, I'll trade you my farfetch." Because I've got, you know, I've got my hands full. I've got Starby and Star You and amount of time. And hold on, my my video got a little ahead of me. I was doing so good. <laughs> no, you're good. I, I I'll get this part. So he says, "Yeah, I'm. 
I'm looking for someone to kind of train my far-fetched. Um, I have all these other um, Pokemon, but you know what? I'm I'm deciding to kind of give up being a Pokemon trainer. So why don't I just give these to you, and um, and then I'll just go about my day. So right there, so Blaine's the red flag right there. So Team Rocket are thieves, and they're sitting here. They found a trainer who's willing to give up all of his Pokemon, including his Farfetch, which is what they were looking for. That just shows how dim-witted Team Rocket is and how they would just fall for anything. Yeah, I mean, Team Rocket are kind of cute in a way when you look at them. They're ditzy, innocent style. They just happen to be in the wrong line of work, you know? But they look like they're just kind of going off on their their life, trying to make it, just like anybody else in a way. They just happen to be associated with a criminal gang. But yeah, no, they're not very bright about picking up their own trade when they see it. You'll notice Keith was actually carrying one of those blue, that blue bag, right? Yes. Uh, if you remember back at the tent, one of five bags in the tent, including the one he swapped with Misty. So it looks like he was fairly prepared as well uh, when you think about it. So, yeah, you know, what, what's Team Rocket going to do? Well, they have to keep learning their lesson the hard way, as always, as you expect. So, so at this moment, of course, Keith walked them over to a... Uh, convenient boat that is right next to a dock and team rocket is like "Ooh, um we we can take all these pokemon and just just get out of here because keith went back to going and supposedly grab some more pokemon because he he doesn't want to be he basically doesn't want to be a trainer anymore is what is the line that he's giving team rocket so jesse and jesse james and Meowth are like okay well let's just take farfetch let's take this bag and oh there's a boat right here too okay let's go ahead and get in this boat and this is the easiest snap that we're going to have doug yeah i mean in their eyes uh keith basically served all this up to them on a silver platter and you know keith just takes off running like you said to to go get more and then meowth is like, well, this is easier than taking candy from a baby, or Jesse is rather. Yes, and, and then, they, they use that line quite a bit in this episode. We we missed it the first time, but when he, he when Keith grabbed the um, Pokemon from Misty, he's like, ah, it's like taking candy from a baby. That that's that's the line of the episode in this one. Oh, that's a that's a fair point. I didn't catch it the first time. <laughs> so, but yeah, um, you you can continue. So they got in the boat, Doug. So yeah, so they're just, so they just take off sprinting towards this boat, you know, with the bag and with farfetch, and they're just they're just just happier than a pig in mess, and you know what could go wrong. You know, we've we've already accomplished our goal. We've only eight and a half minutes into the episode. You know, we've perfected our winning formula, and then the boat springs a mysterious leak. <laughs> And it's funny because it, as soon as it springs up, Farfetch just looks up and just looks at the water just springing up and then looks over at Team Rocket and then just jumps into the water. He's like, eh, all right. Because <laughs> so, you, you see, he's a duck. <laughs> yes. So at this point, Jesse J and James Pokemon, Lickitung, Arbok, and Weezing are floating away in the in the water. And Jesse's like, 
All right, let's go ahead and use the star me and star you that's inside of this bag. So she goes in there to go and call out these Pokemon to help save them. And of course, it's another bag filled with rocks. But not, but he, he got a little ballsy in, in this one. He, he had a, like a little drawing of, of some, of like a little kid, like pulling down his eye and sticking out his tongue, like na 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 na. And just, Jesse and James were like, what the hell? Blaine's. All right. When you were watching this, <laughs> Please tell me this part made you laugh. Yeah, of course. I mean, clearly, uh, clearly Keith is enjoying what he does. So I know I was saying earlier that it looks like as of yet that maybe this is his first time. And that's just kind of because of something we'll see later. But obviously everything else in the episode looks like he's the mastermind okay he's going to be the future giovanni he's going to be ahead of team rocket jesse and james are going to end up working for him at one point but clearly jesse and james are always the underdog and you can't help but feel bad for them a little bit especially when they get caught out by like someone who's probably a kid or very young and in such a ludicrous manner you know yes first they're on the titanic they get sunk they lose their pokemon last clockwork right and the, the note is just rubbing salt in the wound, right? But it is funny. It's a classic, actually, that uh, the pulling your eye down, tongue out thing is a typical kind of Japanese thing kids like to do. Yes. Uh, it's pretty common, yeah. So obviously there's a lot of things that are quite Japanese culture here, which are still quite popular, became popular. Uh, in the West, just from watching Pokemon, you know, when it became so popular. Absolutely. Yeah, Blaine, Blaine, you actually, you actually took the question right out of my mouth. I was going to ask you if you were um, a little bit more familiar with that taunt, because obviously we've seen it a handful of times already in the show, and it's it's going to continue popping up. Um, yeah, J- Japanese people do actually do that in real life, as well as the uh, the peace pose. It's a popular one for photos and whatever, or at least it used to be. Uh, obviously, things change, but yeah, you know, I have seen people here in Japan doing that at uh, pulling your eye down, tongue out thing. Wait, wait, hold, uh, hold up, hold up. Uh, sorry, Doug. Wait, so people, so it's not just an anime thing. Like people actually do that in real life. Like out there, they they'll as like a sly or maybe doing it with their friends though they'll, they'll do the whole eye pull and tongue out thing out in japan yeah yeah it's uh mostly kind of a kid childish thing but adults do do it my wife has done it to me and uh i don't know which came first did they have it as like a thing that they did first or what did they see it in anime and start doing it you know which came first the chicken or the egg i don't know <laughs> the chicken or the egg <laughs> <laughs> you took the words right out of my mouth. So, oh, that that's actually pretty fascinating. So, I'm I'm planning on going to uh, like Japan. Like I, I I've I've talked my wife into wanting to go there because that's one of the places I want to visit um, in my lifetime. And once the whole pandemic and everything is over, we were actually supposed to go um, this actually this month. Uh, we had made plans last year to go in May of this year to go to Japan. But with the whole pandemic happening, it kind of put things back. But hopefully next year around May or June, we'll be able to get out there and just see the culture for a few weeks. And I, I've heard it's very different. And it's it's it, it's something you got to do if, if you're interested in the culture. 
Yeah, I think uh, visiting is great. You know, you'll be able to see a lot of things, feel a lot of things. There's that very fresh Japanese feel that just stands out that, you know, it's just this is a different planet. It's a different world and uh, not the one I'm used to. Living here, of course, uh, you get used to things and there's there's a few downsides to living here. It gets very pricey to live here, like oh. paying the government multiple many things and all that. So obviously visiting is easy going. It's it's. <laughs> Good time, man. <laughs> all right. So, all right. So back back to the anime. Um, we're at the scene now. Jesse just found the the bag full of rocks, and here comes Farfetch just swimming in the water. And with its leak, it's picking up wheezing, coughing. I, I mean, I mean, wheezing Arbok and Lickitung, and putting it into its nice little convenient backpack that it's now wearing. And just going away, and Jesse and James are just pissed. James is like, hey, that's my Pokemon, and those are my Pokemon, Jesse is saying. They're just sitting there yelling, and freaking Farfetch runs over to Meowth and just takes its leak and just starts pounding it away at Meowth's head. I, I felt bad for Meowth that, that like, what, what did Meowth do besides just sit on top of the boat get hit in the head, make the boat sink into the water, and then they they all just go capsize and just fall off into a waterfall. Doug? Yeah, I mean, he was just in the wrong place at the wrong time. Um, like you said, he got drubbed with the leak. Um, Team Rocket went over the falls. Um, presumably to their death. I mean, we don't, I mean, at this per- particular time, we don't know. Um, and then uh, Farfetch'd gets back on shore uh, with Keith and just kind of living high on the hog at this moment. And then I presume this is where the act break comes in. Yes. And then we Who's return back. Pokemon ba- this week, Doc? And I sure as hell hope, it was sure Farfetch'd. as hell hope it's Farfetch'd. Yes, it, it, it was. Um, ditto. It was it's a ditto. It's a ditto disguised yeah. as Farfetch'd. <laughs> They honestly could do this for do that for every episode. Um, <laughs> so we return back with our heroes at the police station, and we can see that Misty is towards the end of telling the story. Yes, and it's at this point that she was telling Officer Jenny, "Yeah." It did a little dance, and I just want to get back in touch with this trainer so we can get our bag switched back. And Officer Jenny kind of puts her head down, and she goes, so the Farfetch came, did a trick. You went running after it. You bumped into a kid, and then you now have a bag full of rocks. Well, you are the fifth trainer this week who has the exact same story, so this was not a coincidence. You were robbed. And this is when the trio just gets all sorts of pissed off. I mean, and obviously Misty more than Ash and Brock. But this is where we finally get the beware of this Pokemon sign. Why is this sign not everywhere in this forest? But we absolutely. (laughs) But no, it's sitting right next to Officer Jenny's like little office slash hut or whatever you want to call it. Like, Okay, it's here, but it's not where it should be in the forest where they're doing all of these acts. But, wow. Obviously far more eco-friendly and way ahead of the times (laughs) back then in the 90s. (laughs) Apparently so. (laughs) So, 
Officer Officer Jenny, and I, I want to point out because um, we don't get Officer Jenny too much in in these episodes. Um, and the symbol that's on her hat. So um, Blaine's, I'm I'm not sure if you um, are familiar with this, but we we noticed that uh, with the Nurse Joys and Officer Jenny's that there's actually a way to tell each one of the um, Jenny's and Joys apart, which is how I guess Brock ends up doing it. That we didn't really notice uh, when when we were kids. So um, Officer Jenny's symbol on the top of her hat is different in each town, and um, so is um, Nurse Joy's. Now, as the Pokemon um, franchise um, goes through its um, goes through its seasons, Officer Jenny ends up getting a badge that's on her arm that ends up changing um, in every single. Um, city and town that they're in but nurse joy her um her cross on her hat is just a different color so that see that is something i never noticed <laughs> so yes. that's news to me very interesting i'm going to be looking at that i'm not going to be able to not see that now from yeah, now absolutely. on absolutely now yeah now it's just gonna now you're not even gonna think about it <laughs> yes so uh because i i i started it with doug and doug uh, every time he sees a nurse joy, he's like, oh, and the hat th- or in the symbol this week is this color and it's this color. But this week, um, nurse, I mean, Officer Jenny has a weird I would I would kind of say that this is like a like a seashell, <laughs> a seashell type symbol on the top of her hat. Would would I be justified in saying that, Doug, this week? Uh, well, let me let me let me backtrack a little bit here because. Uh, it, yeah, yeah, I would say so. I mean, it it would kind of fit with the the aquatic nature of this episode so far. Yeah. <laughs> so, so that that's her that's her symbol this week. It's kind of a weird one. Um, we'll never come back to this town in in Pokemon Future anyway. So um, from here we go straight back into the forest um, where Keith and Farfetch'd are again, and they're kind of having a heart to heart moment. And he said, this has been a long journey. And he's like, uh, we've come so far um, ever since I found you injured on the road and nursed you back to health. Um, we've been stealing Pokemon ever since. And they're kind of reminiscing um, back into, I guess, the good old days as as Keith um, is thinking about. But he's starting to worry now as to how are they going to end up surviving and that they can't keep doing this because Farfetch is too weak to battle. So, Doug, I, I, I'm going to ask both of you, but I'm, I'm going to start with Doug. When you heard this, Doug, about Farfetch being too weak to battle, uh, what, what was the first thing that came across in your head? And then I'm going to also direct that question over to you, Blaine, in just a second. So, Doug? Well, obviously, Keith has nobody to blame but himself in, the, in this scenario. Like. I understand that he uh, he found Farfetch'd on the side of the road, injured, and he nursed him back. But if if you want to be, and I don't know if he had the mindset of I'm going to be a thief, you know, from from the jump, or if it's just something that he kind of fell into and then got good at it or whatever, but. It's it's the trainer's responsibility to train the Pokemon. You know, 
Um, Ash obviously literally saved Charmander's life. Um, got Squirtle back on the straight and narrow. And basically um, just stole Bulbasaur from the nursery. <laughs> well, well, no. I know, I'm joking. <laughs> Uh, the the lady at the nursery basically said Bulbasaur is not going to grow any more staying in here. He needs to go out and ex- explore explore the world. Um, so yeah, but Ash and I mean yeah, we've talked on numerous occasions about how Ash is basically using his Pokemon like Swiss Army knives, you know, making bridges out of Bulbasaur's vine whip and using Charmander as a daggum flashlight. Um. But he's out there having his Pokemon experience the real world. Yes. Whereas this, this Keith fellow is basically treating his Farfetch'd like Robin Hood. Yes. And Blaine's. So, uh, all right. So in, in this scene, I'm, uh, the, the reason I, I wanted to direct um, this over to you twice, because I wanted to kind of add to add to yours. So. Keith kind of looks like a teenager in the scene. Like he, he looks like he's of the age of, of possibly Brock, maybe like 13, 14, maybe, maybe 15. But I, I don't, I don't want to say that he's 50. I would say more like 13 or 14 years old. What 13 or 14 years old kid doesn't know about training your Pokemon to get your Pokemon to become better? Okay, so my whole impression from this, uh, now that we're talking about it and just kind of something you can pick up from the episode is, my impression is Keith is not actually a Pokemon trainer. He found this far-fetched, uh, injured and whatever and created a bond by taking care of it properly. So here, obviously he cares about, you know, things are possibly people, maybe, uh, cared the Pokemon back to health, but I don't think he has a Pokeball for it. He doesn't battle it. He's not He's not here to be a trainer. And as we see with other people like Ash, for example, at the beginning of the whole thing, he's, you know, his, I suppose, self-proclaimed destiny is to become a trainer. He's set up to do it. And obviously not everybody in the Pokemon universe does become a trainer. So people do encounter Pokemon in other ways. They encounter them naturally uh, and maybe become friends rather than, you know, trainer and trainee is supposed to say so that's my impression with keith i don't think he's actually a pokemon trainer and you know and i'm glad you said that because now that i'm thinking about this right now i he he never did whip out a pokeball during this episode to call his farfetch back so realistically misty could have captured this farfetch and it could have been hers (laughs) so he yeah so this this is literally a wild far-fetched for the most part i mean even though yeah um keith claims it but who's to stop anybody else he needs to get that pokemon into a into a pokeball so it gets registered so it can't get captured by anybody else so all right yeah good good point out blaine's but see i think that would there would in lie the problem you see because if you register that far-fetched you're kind of turning it and yourself in because now you can be tracked. Hmm. So with this little handshake kind of under the table agreement that they've been in since, you know, Keith found him on the side of the road, you can't be a part of the system because that way you wouldn't be able to pull this off. 
Yeah, but I don't, I don't think he thought that that far into it. <laughs> or maybe he has, well, but I wouldn't put it past him. But still, I don't, I don't think he thought that far into it. I, I, I fully think that he thinks Farfetch is his legit Pokemon. I, th- I do too. I think there's a like a kind of a social contract they've kind of entered into. You know, I got you back on your feet. You know, you and me are partners. Yes. You know, I'm. You know, you might not be my Pokemon per se, but you and I are partners. So we go straight from that to um, inside of the tent. Um, good old Farfetch, who doesn't like to be inside of his Pokeball, gets out of its Pokeball. Looking around, he's all sorts of confused, and then just walks out of the tent. And he sees uh, Misty's backpack. And just walks out and just walks away. And then this is where we get another glimpse of Team Rocket. Team Rocket is now in their balloon. And they're looking they're looking for Keith, who they are considering as the crook. Because they want to get their Pokemon back. And Jesse blames James for the loss of their Pokemon because of James' stupidity. And literally, like side punches James out of the balloon where James is only hanging on by one arm, um, basically screaming for help to get back into the balloon. Doug? Not, not had a, had a good day. Have his old James, you know, he, he just survived a fall from the, the falls. And, you know, now he's mission impossible over a freaking balloon basket. So, but uh, let's see. And then we go to the next part where Misty brings everyone back to the crime scene where she bumped into Keith and she said, well, this is it. This is the place that I ran into him. And then Brock's like, well, maybe he lives somewhere nearby. And Misty's just like, I cannot believe he has my Pokemon. He has Starmie, Staryu, Godin. Let me see. Hold on. Let me. I want to get all the Pokemon that she has inside of her backpack. She says, Star You, Star Me, Godin, and Horsey. And Ash is like, Well, Misty, you forgot your Psyduck. And good old asshole Misty is like, Oh, I wish I could forget good old Psyduck. And then <laughs> out of the bushes comes Psyduck. And she just turns around. She's as Happy as a pig and shit to see this Pokemon. She runs over, gives them the hug. This is probably the most love that Psyduck has seen from Misty in ever. <laughs> and she's just wondering where, where did he come from? And so, so Blaine's when, when you hear her berate it, basically talking all this shit about Psyduck and then out comes Psyduck and she's all giving it a hug and kisses and just like, Loving this Pokemon, what, what what was going through your mind when 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 this scene was going on? Misty is a thunderat, you know. Uh, this word, <laughs> someone who loves to pretend to hate, I guess. And uh, Psyduck is, of course, quite annoying. I can imagine it, but I mean, just like Pokemon and trainer, you know, feels like they're your pet. You can't help but love a dumb dog, even if it's dumb anyway, you know. 
But, uh, you know, this whole forest just seems to be swelling with delicious ducks. You know, it doesn't only have to be far-fetched. <laughs> we can also have Psyduck. <laughs> True. So, <laughs> Oh, why aren't Psyducks more extinct? Because they have stupid meat. All right. Um, <laughs> so... She picks up as she picks up Psyduck. She's asking him, "So where's my backpack?" And Psyduck's like, "Psyduck, well, what about the other Pokemon?" Psyduck, do you know where anybody is or where um, all the other Pokemon are? Psyduck, and then Psyduck basically kind of jumps out of her arms and starts walking in a direction, and the get the trio and um, which we call it the trio and Officer Jenny just start following good old Psyduck. Well, well, right before that happens, um, because Misty starts getting all pissed off because all Psyduck is saying is Psyduck, which is what it's supposed to say, but she calls it a a, a dumb old duck, and to start thinking straight, and then that's where Psyduck starts walking off into the direction of where Keith's camp is, Doug. Yeah, so they're following Psyduck because in spite of himself, he does have some information that he just can't access at the moment. And they come to a fork in the road, which is probably the most cliche thing I've ever, well, <laughs> not ever, but it's 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 pretty much smacks you right in the face. And the, and the, okay, which way did he go? And, you know, poor Psyduck is stuck and... He, um, you know, Misty is at her wit's end as it is. So she picks him up and starts shaking him, you know, poor duck. And <laughs> Brock goes, you know, Misty, you need to calm down. And then that's when Psyduck, out of duress, just points forward. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not right or left. It's forward. And. Misty's like, she's like, are you sure about this? And he's like, Sai Yai. And she's like, you better be. And it's like, following directions from a Psyduck does not sound like a good idea, but all right. And then we get go back to the scene where Keith is. And Keith is basically, he, he has his own two little handbags. And um, it looks like he keeps his tent on his back, um, in his backpack. So he has two little, what looked like little, like bags or purses or whatever they are. And that has all the Pokemon that he has ever stolen. So as you alluded to, Blaine's, um, it doesn't look like he's been doing this for too long because he can still hold all the Pokeballs in two hands in two kind of small bags. Yeah, but imagine, imagine all that weight, though. The 10 to two full bags of Pokeballs as well. This guy's got to be pretty strong. Yeah, he is. And, of course, as this is happening, um, Team Rocket finds Keith. They lower their balloon down over to him. And Keith is like, well, what are you doing here? And Team Rocket's like, you thought you were going to get away with it, didn't you? You thought you were just going to come and take our Pokemon and just run away and make fools of us, Meowth says. He's like, hey, come on, can't you guys take a joke? I meant what I said. I didn't want I don't want to be a Pokemon trainer. I'm sick of raising so many Pokemon. So how about this? 
How about I'll give you back Arbok, Weezing, and Lickitung, and we'll call it even. And freaking um, Jesse and James are like, no, we don't want just our Pokemon back. What else can you do for us? And Keith's like, okay, well, if you don't just want your Pokemon, take all the Pokemon that I have. (laughs) So this is another um, question that I end up having in, in probably about the next like three or four minutes into this episode. So these bags that uh, that he's about to hand over to Team Rocket end up being something else. And we're, we're not going to spoil it yet. You'll find out in about three or four minutes. But he hands them these bags full of what we assume are Pokeballs. And Team Rocket is basically watering at the mouth and going, well, this kid's stupid. And they go and they take all of these and Can they not learn from 10 minutes ago <laughs> apparently not you never learn exact no. same scenario basically it's the exact again thank you thank you doug the exact same thing this happened eight minutes ago in this in this episode he said he's gonna give you all these pokemon and just Okay, well, let's just continue. So Keith hands them over what we assume are all these Pokeballs. And Team Rocket takes it. And they basically take off with it. So um, Team Rocket goes and they get into their balloon. And they're like, oh, we're so lucky. This wasn't as bad. This kid wasn't that bad after all. But let's, let's point out one thing. This time... He didn't give up his Farfetch. So Farfetch is still on the floor with him. And Doug, um, this is where we see Psyduck point to Keith and Farfetch in the forest. Yeah. Um, so Psyduck was able to lead them back to Keith. Um, you know, Officer Jenny confronts him. Um, you know, they give Psyduck a, a extremely backhanded compliment. Um, <laughs> you know, Keith and Farfetch'd are, are willing to walk off. And they're walled in by Brock and then Misty and Officer Jenny and Ash. And the Poke, they're surrounded. And, you know, this is when Ash gets on his soapbox, which... I, I I never really enjoy because it's very much in terms of Ash. It's very much calling the kettle black in some instances. Yeah, you know, like, people train all these Pokemon. They work hard to get all these Pokemon, and you should love your Pokemon, as we hear in almost every other episode of Pokemon. But how's your Charizard treating you, Ash? Just yeah, really. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> So it's the game mechanic, you know, the uh, the chars are not obeying uh, trainers that are not uh, don't have enough gym badges, I guess. Yes. <laughs> Something like that. So, oh, oh, I I want to get your thoughts on this real quick. So I had someone on Reddit um, point out a plot twist into the whole Pokemon anime, Blaine's. So at one point in the anime, Ash has all of his gym badges. OK, he gets to mm-hmm. the Pokemon League. And he calls out Charizard to do a a match for him. And Charizard still won't obey him. 
how bad of a trainer do you have to be to have all the gym badges and your Pokemon still don't obey? Yeah, you know, I guess uh, unlike the games where it's just mechanics, I guess this tries to add more of a realistic element to your relationships with the Pokemon. So your, I suppose your bond is going to be different. I guess he never, he always had a rough start with the Charizard. The Charizard's personality is supposed to come through really strongly that it needs someone impressive and Ash isn't that impressive to him. No, not at all. So, all right. Um, so it's at this point, um, Officer Jenny um, says that um, Keith is now under arrest for Grand Theft Pokemon. But um, Officer Jenny actually wants to have a little fun with with Keith because Ash went on his soapbox, as you said, Doug, and was talking about training Pokemon. So um, Ash is like, well, why don't we show you uh, what Pokemon are good for? And he's like, let's battle. And Officer Jenny's like, okay, go ahead, battle him. Show show him what these Pokemon can do because Keith is sitting there saying that his Farfetch'd is so weak that he, that he cannot battle. But Farfetch is up for the challenge at this point. And this is when we get the battle between Bulbasaur and Farfetch'd. So, Doug, you wanna you wanna go through this part? Or actually, so, I, I actually I, I didn't even ask Blaine. Are you? Do you have this on in your background as well? Do I do? Yeah, you do. We, we, I do. Yeah. So <laughs> would you? Would you want to um, go through the yeah. the battle scene right here with Bulbasaur and Farfetch? Sure, I'll try it out. Um, <laughs> Though you know, we can see Jenny obviously being outraged and trying to stop thievery, but we're all for and supporting humans pitting animals against each other in the, in a fight to what we can presume near death <laughs> in some cases death so i mean you know it's a different world it has different laws but we have the cop here overwatching this ash deploys his bulbasaur right you naturally expect because ash is a veteran trainer and keith doesn't appear to be a trainer that bulbasaur is probably going to win right well, we have to have a look. So Keith doesn't have any faith in his Farfetch'd. Farfetch'd doesn't really take orders. or He's not giving commands to Farfetch'd. Farfetch'd Farfetch is just doing his own thing. And he does take a lashing from Bulbasaur's Vine Whip at first and appears quite injured. But he manages to fend it off. He gets burning fire in his eyes and uh, starts using his ability Agility, which Keith didn't even know he had. And that obviously outpaces Bulbasaur. Uh, so impressively, you know... Farfetch does manage to come out on top. He's stabbing him with his leak uh, as much as possible. Uh, I don't know what attack that would be if you read it in the games. However, he does deal a finishing blow to Bulbasaur, knocking him out and having a little victory dance in the end. Now, he did this without a trainer. So it does look like his strength has come a long way as well as his independence. But uh, another point to point out is that he didn't need a trainer to do this. So he could very well still be a wild Pokemon, just a very much more leveled up one. So all Ash is left to do is tend to his Bulbasaur in the end and his ego after that. Oh, thank you. Well, there's the end that, you know, a person can be book smart or street smart. And I suppose... In this instance, it could apply to a Pokemon because while Keith might not be a trainer in so much that the man doesn't even have a Pokeball for his primary Pokemon, even, you know, if we are even 
uh, referring to them in that aspect. Um, because I'm still leaning more towards partners in crime versus trainer and Pokemon. But that's neither here nor there. Um, you know, Farfetch'd is going to gain experience, you know, in just pulling off these schemes. Yes. You know, obviously, you know, we've established that he's picked up enough to do the whole um, baton routine that we saw at the beginning of the episode with Misty. Um, and, you know, we see that he can use his leak um, in, in a number of different ways, you know, as a scoop and, you know, whacked me out with it. You know, we just saw that he dealt the, the finishing blow to Bulbasaur. Um, might not be conventional experience, you know, a la uh, official, like, battles in the world or, you know, let alone a gym battle here or there. He's picking up some type of experience. Yes. And, 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 you know, just imagine where he would be if he was actually properly trained. <laughs> oh, he'd be probably just as far as Ash and Pikachu are at this point. So it's at this point, Misty says she wants to go and give it, give it a go. And she's like, I'm going to use Star You. And she's like, Oh, I forgot I don't have my Pokemon back yet. And then <laughs> out walks Psyduck. Psyduck's basically saying that he wants to battle. And Farfetch um, puts up a hearty laugh and he walks over to Psyduck and with its leak just starts pounding it in the head. Just pound, 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 pound. And Misty starts cheering for Far Farfetch and she's like, yeah, keep hitting him, Farfetch. Keep hitting him. Keep hitting him. Because we all know that when Psyduck gets a headache, it starts to use its psychic attacks. And it's at this point that Psyduck starts to get a headache, starts using its psychic attack. And what, what, what was this attack called? It, it was, it was called migraine. Let me see. Uh, um, but, yeah. Let's see. Yeah. Psyduck's absolute migraine attack, which I've never seen in the Pokemon game. So this is just. I would just call this a psychic attack. That That's just a straight up just psychic. And she goes and picks up um, Farfetch'd and throws Farfetch'd into Keith. Keith and Farfetch'd go flying up into the, the closest tree that's near them. And they fall out of the tree. Keith falls on his butt. Farfetch'd falls head first into Keith's head. And they are defeated. And Psyduck gets his glowing moment. And then it's at, it's at this point... Team Rocket is in their balloon and they're about to whip open all of these Pokeballs. Come to find out that they are all Voltorbs. And all the, all the Voltorbs are now, uh, getting ready to explode from the inside of the balloon. So Team Rocket just starts throwing all of the Voltorbs out and they start exploding around Ash, Misty, Brock, Keith, and Officer Jenny. And Keith at this point is basically saying, I'm done. I'm done with all my crimes. I'm so sorry. Blah, 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 blah. So, Doug, you want, you want to take it from, from this part? The, the man has, man has seen the light. You know, he might have been under duress when all it happened. 
but he, he's he's seen the light. He wants to go on the straight and narrow. He he he, he wants to be a real boy. Um, <laughs> but yeah, and then you know we get the stereotypical um, Ash meets somebody. We get the we get the goodbye. But this is a little different because. Keith has had to return, you know, what he's stolen. Uh, we see that Misty's got her proper backpack back. Um, we can assume that the Pokemon that are in the bags are going to get returned to whoever they belong to. Um, you know, Keith and Farfetch'd are going to go... Um, you know, through the proper channel, you know, Farfetch'd is still out of a bag, for goodness sake, or still out of a, has no Pokeball. This is going to sound weird. Has no ball. <laughs> um, but, it's female. Um, well, but, <laughs> so. It might, it might be a female. We, we, we don't know. <laughs> no one's ever seen Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, that's true, too. You know, we, we, we shouldn't go assuming things. Male, female, it tastes all the same. <laughs> it's all duck. <laughs> it's, it's all duck, man. So, um, but yeah, it's at this point. Um, Officer Jenny actually says that um, nobody is pressing charges against him because he he returned everybody's Pokemon, which I think is a bunch of bullshit. Because there would have at least been one person saying, I want this guy in jail. But... <laughs> I think it's worth noticing uh, that they did. She did say that all the victims have their Pokemon back. Uh, who are all the victims? Just everyone we saw in the episode, or were there any more before this? You know. Yeah. Yeah. We don't really. We don't really find that out, do we? No. Oh. So I mean, apparently, we we fast forwarded like fourteen, fifteen hours um, after he's given back all the Pokemon, and. Unless, unless, here, I'll, I'll, I'll throw this in and th- this will help me sleep at night. Maybe Officer Jenny took all the Pokemon. They're sitting inside of her office right now. She caught all the trainers already and all the trainers are getting ready to come back and pick up their Pokemon. And as long as they get their Pokemon back, everyone is happy. <laughs> <laughs> and, we, and we all just agree to move on. Yes. <laughs> yeah, you know, this is, well, by the looks of it, that's her office. This is like small town, you know, or, or well, small town law, you know, they don't want to really keep prisoners stacked up inside or whatever, you know, you want to be able to have lower tier crimes walk if it can be resolved elsehow. So, so from this point, uh, from this point, we, we get the whole goodbye scenario and it's pretty funny because normally it's Keith. I mean, not Keith. Normally it's um, Ash, Misty, and Brock that are doing the whole goodbye scene. But in this part, we actually get Keith and Farfetch walking away into the sunset. Um, for I think this is the first time in a long time that, uh, yeah, th- this is the first time in a long time that Ash, Misty, and Brock aren't the ones walking away and doing their good old farewell goodbye like we get in most episodes and you think the episode is over and then we're back to team rocket and (laughs) this is this is kind of a funny scene so they're they're having a heart 
um, conversation inside. They're like, this boy has gotten us twice. What are we going to tell the boss? Um, how are we ever even going to even mention any of this to him? And James is, well, Meowth is kind of like, he's like, well, if we tell the boss this, the boss might want to hire this guy and we might be out of a job. So they all agree to not say anything to Giovanni going forward. And then for some odd reason in this little square basket, they missed a Voltorb. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, of course they did. You know, we've, we've established multiple times throughout this episode, Team Rocket's not too bright. No. Fucking big-ass Voltorb. How the hell did you miss a Voltorb? Okay. But, uh... <laughs> he was hiding in the, he, he was hiding in the corner apparently <laughs> so so um Votorb at this moment we get the good old kaboom and team rocket goes blasting off again and they they actually get blasted out of their balloon their balloon is continuing its journey as team rocket goes plummeting to the ground and that is the end of the episode blaine's how did you enjoy this episode I enjoyed it. I mean, I think the early Pokemon episodes were really, really good. I stopped watching maybe, I don't even know when it was, uh, maybe, th- how would I put it, three seasons or four seasons later. Um, but I, it's classic. It brings back a lot of nostalgia and memories. And one thing I noticed with that Voltorb blowing up and Team Rocket getting blasting, going blasting off, they didn't go blasting off into the sky like they usually do. They no. blasted out off into the trees, just pop out and uh i don't think that's very common if i remember it's not it, they they normally go blast i would have even liked the fact that the whole balloon just blew up and it popped a hole and then the balloon just went flying away but no team rocket just went <laughs> plummeting it's kind of a lackluster ending to team rocket at the ending of an episode oh well, you gotta uh, you gotta change things up every once in a while that's true true they but, don't do that very often <laughs> but yeah you know, i wonder what was the difference i suppose behind the scenes between uh you know this episode and their usual decision making but either way maybe it gives the effect that the balloon is still continuing the journey like you said uh they're just even in more trouble more problems so all right well but yeah that was the end of the episode i can go ahead and turn this episode off now so uh what we like to do now this is fairly new um to the podcast blaine's um i'm gonna ask um doug and then i'm gonna ask you um on a scale from one to five what how many stars would you give this episode um of pokemon that we just did so doug um what would what how many stars would you give this pot i mean this episode on a scale from one to four on your Doug scale. I lost a star. It was one to five, five seconds ago. Oh, my bad. One to five. My bad. I, I misspoke. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. Probably a solid three. I mean, this was a, this was a fun episode. You know, Farfetch'd, all things considered, is a pretty awesome Pokemon. You know, the the leak <clears throat> was a was a part of some good comedy. You know, um, the the back and forth between uh, Keith and Farfetch was good. Uh, Psyduck got a moment to shine, but it but on the flip side of that coin, it's a very confusing episode very. because 
you know, is is Keith down on his luck? Has he, has he been doing this for a while? You know, why aren't people more on edge about this guy if he's been doing this to enough people to have two bags full of Pokeballs that he doesn't own? Um, you know, we get we get the far fetched Keith backstory for like a minute. Um, you know, far fetched is presumably like somewhere within like level twenty or so, apparently, because he's just doing flips and dealing knockout blows. And so, while it's a decent episode, you have a lot of questions. It's not, it's not really fleshed out. Yeah. All right, that's fair enough. And Blaine's, um, if you if, and I know um, you haven't watched Pokemon in a long time, but um, if you can remember some of the nostalgia of some of the older episodes that you have watched uh, back then, uh, what would you rate this compared to the other episodes that um, you are kind of familiar with, or that you can think back to and know a little bit more about those episodes? Yeah, I mean, I really enjoyed the early episodes, but uh, I, I'd also give this actually a three. I was thinking if it's out of five, I'd probably give it a three because of uh, some of the things that we saw with Keith. You know, my feeling is he's not a, really a trainer. And I'm wondering, why does he want to steal those Pokemon anyway? Uh, does he have the same kind of goals as Team Rocket? And what does Team Rocket do? I mean, you know, he's not going to sell them as far as we can pick up. Maybe he's eating them. I don't know. But he's not a trainer in my eyes. <laughs> Either way, uh, it, it was fun. Um, I know the downside might have been that it's only in the forest. That's the whole setting of it. And it stays there for the whole episode. I'd like to see maybe a bit more variety. But on the upside, there is a lot of interesting uh, interactions there. There's a lot of cute poses and moments for Pokemon to do their thing as well. And of course, Psyduck being one of the underdogs gets a, his moment as well, which is, is nice. He's the hero of the day, and Misty starts showing a bit of love towards him as well. So not too focused on Ash as well, you know, which is typical in most episodes. So we get a bit of change there. And we get to see the fabulous long leg Officer Jenny. Yes. What a cherry on top. Yes, the cherry on top. And I'm going to point out that this was the first episode that we saw Officer Jenny that Brock was not like going goo goo gaga over. Like he, he, he had no moment of that at all in this episode. So hats off to Brock. I don't think we'll be able to say that going forward, but hats off to him. There's a lot of, you know, different tropes in this episode. Like you said, it's usually Ash and the gang walking away, but this is, you know, we got Ethan Farfetch walking in the sunset. Um, you know, yeah, Brock wasn't horned up. Um, the blast, the Team Rocket blasting off thing as well. Yeah. 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 So, you know, we got a, couple a few changes. Of you know, Ash, Ash loses a battle and not like. And doesn't through, get down like, on his luck. Right, he doesn't get pissed. He just he takes the loss. And very is so very weird this episode. Is, <laughs> yeah, this is definitely outside of the status quo. So, all right. Well, it's at this point, um, Blaine's that um, any guests that we'd like to that we have on the show, we'd like to give them the spotlight at the ending of the episode to plug their social media. Uh, where where can all of our our fans find you on any type of social media going forward 
All right, my chance. Uh, so obviously my big one is YouTube, which is called Blaine's. Just Blaine's uh, with an S at the end. It's the first one that will come up. So that's fortunate. For all the other social medias that I use, it's real Blaine's. Uh, no space. I got Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, kind of. I mean, I, uh, <laughs> I want to start using TikTok a bit more. And of course, Discord. So... Uh, that's all the big ones that I use. Uh, you can find me in Real Blains on most of the... Oh, and Twitch, of course. I'm partnered on Twitch as well. Real Blains over there as well. So whatever tickles your fancy. All right. Awesome. So I'd like to thank you again for coming on, on the show this week, Blains. Thank you. Thanks for having me. It was fun. All yeah, right. it was fantastic. And um, this is when we're going to start saying goodbye to our audience. So, Doug, go ahead and give your old goodbye, Doug. Bye, Doug. And this is Wrestling Chris G telling all of you that we have a nice little surprise next week with a brand new Pokemon. And it's in the title, so I kind of can't really keep it a secret. It's next week's episode is Who Gets to Keep Togepi? Or translated from Japanese, Whose is Togepi? Yeah, I'll go with the American version. <laughs> so um, that's next week's episode. That is episode 50 next week everybody so don't don't miss that episode and we will see you on the other side have a good night everybody